0: Hello and welcome to ITWD Soft Robotics Podcast. Hello, Professor Fimiyev, thanks so much for joining us in uh, in the podcast for round two. It's such a pleasure to have you again, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. So I would like to ask you first, how how you would like to find yourself?
1: Oh, um, I I am a a very uh, enthusiastic robotics engineers and scientists at the same time. And uh, soft robotics is a really good point to start where, Um, the science and engineering come together. So I'm so excited about working on this field where we can do both um, contribution to general human society as an engineer, but also uh, doing science that I'm most excited about.
0: I'd like to go back for your childhood. Do you have any memories about your childhood where you're just in science or technology as a kid? Do you have any memories about that?
1: So uh, my main interest was uh, more like uh, um, aerospace industry, uh, looking into aircraft and rockets and satellites and all that. uh, That was my childhood. Uh, I was uh, roughly thinking about becoming an engineer. um, And uh, yeah, that's, that's where my interest was when I was a child.
0: That's interesting. And may I ask you why you changed it from being interested in aerospace to maybe robotics or soft robotics? How did you change it?
1: Right, so when when I came to the point when I had to decide my career plan, um, Mm -hmm. in the aerospace industry is so much developed at that time already. Uh, And uh, what I could do as a person is so tiny little bit of the whole industry uh, Mm -hmm. if we choose that path. Uh, and in contrast, robotics is really, really still an immature, immature sp- state. And uh, I thought this was the more interesting and exciting from my point of view. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious to ask you, what is the most simple and beautiful, profound equation that inspires you while you're working?
1: Oh, I think uh, uh, Newton's second law of motion, like uh, F equal MA, is probably one of the most uh, um, beautiful equations.
0: Yeah, great. So um, since we have now round two, I'm curious to ask you in this one year, is still you have the same definition about soft robotics? Is there something changing in your mind about soft robotics?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I don't have a real definition of soft robotics in myself, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, um, that's a not an uh, easy one, um, and uh, I rather want to keep it open, as a, um, and I, I don't think my attitudes to, uh, to this, um, the, uh, to, to the def- definition problem uh, didn't really change.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'll ask you what could be the most important question we have to consider now in the recent development in the field across one year. Do you think there's maybe a pressing question we still have to ask ourselves?
1: Um, That's a really difficult question. There are many, many challenges and important questions in soft robotics. But if we have to uh, single out uh, one question, then uh, we probably need to really understand the intelligence in the material level. Uh, Intelligence here means that um, some uh, capability of computing or capability of decision-making or filtering, amplifying, um, converting signals and and so on and so forth. Um, This is the kind of research uh, uh, done a lot in the functional materials uh, science. Uh, but you know, this should go bring it down to more like a robotics research from now on.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you think what could be maybe the optimum material? Do you think we have to aspire to have in the field? Do you have in kind of thought what could be the optimum material you're looking for?
1: Um, well, it's uh, it's a difficult question. I think what I'm uh, imagining in my head is something like uh, you know, living cells. Like uh, it's not really. Uh, materials uh, uh, per se, it's uh, it's organism, right? Um, and uh, how can we bring, you know, the, the, the ordinary concept of materials to living organism is, uh, is a, uh, a huge challenge and, and that's something we uh, want to do in the long run and that's where soft robotics should uh, really contribute to.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So do you think what could be the area or direction of research you think is very promising in the field, but maybe as a community, we seem to disagree or doesn't give much attention to it at the moment?
1: Well, I think there are two uh, potentially uh, important directions we need to discuss in this context. And one of them is really, really application-oriented uh, research where mm-hmm. what is the real impact of soft robotics in, the, in our human, human society? Um, And uh, those research uh, are usually regarded as applied research and lots of uh, scientists don't put too much effort on, on this direction, but I think this is a really fundamental, uh, fundamentally important uh, mm-hmm. research directions, um, and especially those um, you know technologies that give huge impact in uh, in our daily life is uh, something we should uh, think about. I don't have uh, clear uh, one single project for this kind of things, but. Uh, uh, among other things, well, uh, one of the things I'm, I'm really interested in is uh, how to do the agriculture and food uh, robotics based on soft robotics technologies, because that's something uh, conventional robots are not very uh, um, contributing as they should be, uh, and that's one of the uh, things that we should probably think about. On the other hand, I think there's also completely different directions, but the really fundamental basic research about soft robotics is uh, is still um, missing. Um, okay. um, and uh, especially, you know, what does it mean by um, being intelligent uh, in soft robotics framework uh, and what's the uh, fundamental difference between um, you know biological cells and soft robot materials, functional materials is kind of a really fundamental question which
0: mm-hmm. is
1: still uh, a lot of people uh, don't have good idea how to do the research of this kind.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So uh, the, we cover uh, in the round one uh, the agriculture robot, for soft robotics but maybe if you can tell our audience what are maybe still challenging for you in this research line, and maybe what you aspire to have for designing soft robot for agriculture application? What does still achieve, the challenge you still have in, in this research line?
1: Yes, uh, agricultural industry is uh, is a massive. It's one of the biggest um, um, in industry in human mm-hmm. society globally. Uh, much bigger than the manufacturing industry, for example, right? Uh, And uh, so the scale is one of the challenges. Uh, And and another challenge is actually uh, the complexity of it. Um, So there are so many different kinds of suppliers, retailers, and and the pathways from, um, from growers to the consumers, uh, existing industry. So it's a, a lot, a lot more complicated than uh, any other industries. And, um, and that's a, a kind of a baseline challenge of this uh, um, application. Uh, but on the other hand, we have a lot of limitations in terms of um, the cost, the, the uh, profit margins and so on. So it's not, uh, industry itself is not very profitable, even though it's really uh, uh, large scale. So, so that's the, um, the landscape of this uh, uh, industry area. Uh, and then we need to think about, OK, what's the contribution of soft robotics technologies uh, from that point of view? Mm-hmm. Uh, and soft robotics is, on one hand, you know, something we can, um, we can make a, a, a human-friendly application. So the robot can probably walk better with the uh, vicinity of humans. Uh, and the soft robot can potentially be a lot cheaper than conventional rigid robots. That's another aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and also we can make uh, robots uh, a lot safer and uh, um, more um, uh, dexterous uh, and dealing with the different type of uh, object and uh, um, environment. Um, and uh, adaptability in the material levels is also very interesting. So that's a kind of uh, challenges we are facing. With all directions, we have pro- problems, but mm-hmm. we're hoping that this is going to make uh, um, a step change in this, uh, in this in- industry applications.
0: Mm-hmm, great. So you mentioned very interesting point. I would like to break it again. We mentioned the industry part that is not profitable and larger scale. Could you please elaborate more on that why do you think is not preferable in, in the market or maybe industry and what does maybe the missing pieces here do you think why it doesn't make what you're expecting do you think for agriculture robot uh, and soft robotics for industry perspective uh
1: well first of all the technology uh the maturity level of the soft robotics is not very high Yet uh, we don't have too many industry applications of soft robotics yet, and that will be uh, one of the barriers that we need to uh, figure out how we can do the knowledge or technology transfer from uh, research to industry, just like rigid robotics, and that need to be uh, need to happen uh, in any case. Uh, but having said that, um, the, the another challenge is that we don't have much idea about. Um, uh, how um, we can deal with soft robotics in terms of um, um, you know the the development of applications or maintenance of applications? What's mm-hmm. the price range and the, what's the um, uh, the user expectations and mm-hmm. what kind of problems soft robots can solve? And all these things have to be somehow figured out.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So do you think it comes down maybe in the first class uh, technology or maybe the research we develop in the lab, do you think how we design these robots? Do you think that's something missing here, a missing pieces that lead to this point in the first class if we know how what what we are designing or the shape or maybe the functionalities? Because, for example, uh, I know that some some actuation technique is tailored for certain uh, yeah. Maybe fruit or something, and you don't have a generic solution. So, do you think that comes down that maybe the, the market is not finding what they expected from the solution we develop? Do you think it comes down that how we design these uh, robots to the first classes of robots? What's the problem? The core of the problem, do you think, and that we can alleviate this uh, this gap?
1: Um I, I don't have any answer to your question uh, because if I know, I can probably do it. Uh, but on the other hand, um, it's it's good to have a bit of diversity in the kind of research we do in the basic level. Like if you have a hundred researchers, you know they should do hundred different kinds of research uh, on soft robotics. Uh, we have a lot of different problems from you know material development to modeling, simulation, control actuation, sensing, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these different uh, rain, different uh, functionality of soft robotics are, are in fact problems, right? All problems, not, no, not, none of them really solved yet. Um, so, so that's, uh, uh, that's, that, that's probably the one, one thing we need to think about. But on the other hand, there mm-hmm. should be uh, some filtering mechanism, okay, which technology is more matured uh, and uh, more promising than others. Um, and uh, w- and then we, we need to think about you know how to uh, put them together for uh, for uh, sh- you know short short term uh, promising applications uh, and that's something we uh, is a process we probably need in the research uh, process as well.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah. So do you think, uh, Professor, that we understand the physics behind the smart material? Do you think we understand them very well? And do you think which level of understanding? do you think we have to have for designing uh, the such system like soft robots for example agriculture do you think you understand the physics behind of the material or we still have to make effort again in understanding them very well
1: well material level research is uh, is not finishing or is never ending actually because yeah. there uh, you know uh, infinite variations of materials, and you can always create the new kind of materials, and you can, um, uh, and, and then you can do the research about physics behind it, uh, and and that's the uh, fascinating nature of the of the of the research because this is uh, this is limitless. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go uh, as as far as we want, and uh, you know, ultimately we want to make something like a biological cells or um, some organisms, but, uh, you know, this is not going to happen anytime soon. So, uh, as long as we are alive, I don't think we can solve it. So it's, it's, uh, it, it uh, it's going to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious in that case, ask you in this one year, do you have any kind of maybe inspiration from nature? Do you find any creature could be inspiring for designing gripping or locomotion? Do you have any new creature, you have witnessed in one well year, and that's fascinating for you. How the adapting the environment as a soft, for example, for soft robotics. Do you have any kind of uh, examples you have witnessed?
1: Um, well, yes. The the uh, inspiration from nature is always the driving force of uh, our our research, and uh, we are always interested in you know from very small animals to large animals. Uh, and uh, each animal has really interesting aspects uh, that we can learn from. Um, and uh, what well, we have been working on this problem of soft robotic manipulation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and uh, manipulation has so many different aspects. Like uh, you know, if we look at humans, manipulation is done by by hand mostly. Yeah. Uh, But if you go to other kind of animals, um, they do manipulation with arm, uh, they do manipulation with mouth, they do manipulation with legs, um, and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And some, you know, animals use tools, other animals don't. Uh, and uh, all this variations of manipulation is a kind of very, very interesting. Uh, on, and and uh, so the variation is one thing, right? variation and diversity is one thing, but also the depth is another thing, how deep you can do about the manipulation. Uh, so you know, manipulation is not just, you know, p- uh, uh, pick and, and place, but it's more like, you know, touch and push and, uh, um, um, and examining and, uh, you know, sometimes you can press, sometimes you pull or sometimes you rub. Um, all these things are uh, kind, kind of family of a uh, manipulation actions. So um, all these things really, really uh, always uh, fascinate me um and then reading to the new research uh, projects
0: mm-hmm. and i think maybe it's a traditional question asking the podcast maybe what are the missing pieces between what we have in nature that they already you mentioned already that they already find a solution for being adaptable in this environment but what do you think maybe the missing pieces do you think when we maybe the modeling we need uh, what you thought about modeling in the first class do you think which level of modeling we have to go for so that we can replicate either and biometric way or bio-aspired way for designing soft robots. What do you think of the missing pieces here? Is this the modeling approaches we used or maybe something else you think may be more effective in deploying the functionalities we aspire to have in the soft robots?
1: So um, that's a difficult question um, and uh... Uh, um I, I think uh what's what's really missing is a new way of handling the complexity of the system uh because what we can build as a robot at the moment is uh is a is a rather simple one right even if you we, we take the most complicated robots in the world uh, what is the most complicated one? Now, let's take an aircraft right they, they are you know already a kind of robot, and there are lots of pieces, lots of components and uh, uh, it's very, very complex. but you know the complexity of aircraft is nothing compared to complexity of uh, biological systems and animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have really uh, no idea how we can handle such a complexity um in, in, in theoretical uh term uh, as well as uh, uh, practical terms right so that's uh, um and uh, this is partly um a theoretical question uh but also this is a um a practical question how we can build really really you know um orders of magnitude more complex systems than what we can build today so i think uh, that's uh, that's a really uh, interesting challenge. In question and but but at the same time, this is really the fundamental question for soft robotics, because we are manipulating material level um, uh, components and uh, and we have a chance to make the, our robots uh, significantly more complicated uh, with this uh, research area. So that's something I'm, I'm really excited about at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to ask your thought about uh, the traditional control techniques uh, for soft robotics. Uh, as you may know that's the debate uh, we had in the, uh, since a couple of months ago about uh, how we can design uh, control des- control technique that can destroy the natural dynamics and how we can also exploit the morphological computation to enhance the control design. What is your thoughts about traditional control? Do you think it is still effective to use them for um, continuum material or do you think maybe we have to maybe uh, approach another techniques or maybe deploying morphological computation? to enhance
1: the control design? So the control engineering is doing a very good job for the soft robotics motion control so far. And probably this is a really promising direction in the short term. Uh, that uh, they, uh, this is a really uh, fruitful uh, pr- uh, research area that you can make lots of lots of progress in, probably in the next 5 to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the long term, I think we just need a completely different approach because uh, the, um, uh, if we go beyond really, really complex soft robots, we probably need a completely different way of thinking about how to do the control. Uh, you know, starting from how to do the um, the representation of motion, like how we represent the motion of soft robots, how to do the state estimation of soft robots, how to do the uh, planning of soft robots or, or feedback control soft robots. Now, all of these things have to be completely uh, thought through uh, or thought from scratch uh, in a different ways in the long term. If we build a lot more complex robots in 20, 30 year time scale, right? So I think that, uh, that's my um, perception of the uh, soft robot control at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Great, right, yeah. So I'm curious to ask you again about uh, that example you mentioned about uh, the dead fish swim upstream. And, and the question was about how we can maybe, and that's something Professor George White said, that, uh, how we can uh, use non-linearities, inherent non-linearities in the material to reduce, for example, useful deformation or maybe performance. So, do you think um, how we can access them, or maybe how we can find these nonlinearities that could be useful uh, for designing a soft robot that can reduce interesting deformation or behavior?
1: Right, so um, I, I I don't think we have a, 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 a great consensus about how we can yeah. approach this kind of problem, and that we... We probably don't have any uh, solution to design systems like that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so so we need to step back a bit and start rethinking about how we can approach such a you know interesting but complex problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the things I think quite promising from my point of view is uh, is a really. Um, uh, based on the uh, large-scale experimentation approach. Like uh, how, uh, nowadays, we are able to do you know, automatic manufacturing, automatic ma- uh, assembly of complex robots, and we can do uh, in trials and errors, not mm-hmm. only in simulation, uh, but also in the physical domains. So yeah. uh, I think uh, this is a really, really um, new open area where we a uh, lot of discoveries can uh, be still uh, hidden behind. So I think uh, that's, uh, that's the direction we're, we're interested in.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And do you think if we figure out that, do you think that could be replacing the control design, since uh, some animals in nature don't, don't use brain, for example, they just use body and, and make this interesting uh, behavior and, and maybe locomotion. Do you think that if we figure out that it could be, it could replace the traditional control uh, we use?
1: Um, well, we we all know that the traditional control uh, cannot do many things, you know, uh, and, and uh, all these things are the kind of place uh, for the new technologies to to come in. And I think that the traditional controls are, are very, very powerful and I think they are very useful for many applications. So I don't think there's points to, you know, competing in this kind of areas because they are, they are so established and they are so useful. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the area that we, where we cannot really apply conventional uh, uh, control engineering, where we can actually make a lot of uh, interesting progress.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right, yeah. And I'm curious to ask you, where is there any direction you thought would work out very well, but an embargo result proved something wasn't expected or interesting to you? So you had this idea and you thought it would be, give you this result. Or expected this result, in, uh, but in an experiment work, it wasn't expected, or maybe very interesting. You didn't expect that. Do you have any kind of scenario like that happening to in research?
1: Um, yes. Well, I think uh, there are a lot of uh, unexpected and counterintuitive uh, results in the area of uh, evolutionary uh, robotics. Yeah. So when we are um, using evolutionary algorithm to design robots, um, and then, you know, it's, they're full of um, unexpected results, like usually all this evolution doesn't go as we expect and, uh, you know, maybe because uh, uh, there are many different components of the, um, uh, of the system involved in the design of the system, like if, for example, if you um, um, design the system and uh, make it work but the, you know these systems don't work because of the environmental condition was different from expected yeah. um, and, uh, and sometimes it's very difficult to um, build the system even though we can easily design. Uh, building is more difficult than designing um, and all that kind of unexpected things uh, uh, in the context of evolutionary uh, robotics. So um, I'm, I'm really uh, um, excited to do all this kind of you know, physical experimentation in the evolutionary robotics context because, they, because we can find not so many uh, interesting unexpected uh, phenomena there. Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting, yeah. And maybe if you can tell us maybe what's still uh, really the challenges maybe, or technological blocks for soft robotic? Maybe you mentioned sensing, it's very challenging to have design sensor. But if you can give us examples about what could be still technological roadblocks for short-term and long-term for the field. Yes,
1: um, so one of the short-term questions I'm I'm interested in is on how we can put functionalities, or multiple functionalities together in one single materials, or one you know, type of materials, um, because I think that's a really uh, important um, direction if you want to build the complex systems. Yeah. So, you know, how we can do uh, a sensing of, uh, you know, strain, stress, and the temperature, and light, and you know, the humidity, and that kind of things all together in one materials, right? So um, so that's, uh, that's, I think, uh, one of the uh, interesting and big challenges. And uh, usually, if we make one type of functional materials, try to put this together with other uh, type of functional materials, uh, they have a, a very severe con- con- conflict. Um, um, and that's something we, uh, uh, we, we need to figure out how we can solve such a problem. Um, and uh, and the long term is that really like how we can put them together as a whole organism, like a whole system. Uh, and uh, you know, the, the sum of component is not the whole system, right? The, the, there is a certain uh, level of uh, emergent behaviors uh, in the uh, whole assembled mm-hmm. system. So, so that's uh, um, kind of uh, direction we, we should go in the um, in the research of soft robotics, but we don't have much idea how we can uh, do the research of this kind.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the first point we mentioned that how we can combine all these stimulus in one material is a very interesting uh, idea. And I'm curious to ask you uh, in that case, do you think we have to look for new material? Or maybe we try to use what we developed so far and deploying, for example, architected compliance or morphology concept in the material so that we can get us some Do you think which way we have to approach? Maybe designing new material or maybe using what we have and try to fabricate it in, in a certain morphology or maybe deploying architected compliance, for example?
1: Um, so I, I'm not material science and scientist, and I don't I don't have an answer to that question. Um, and uh, um, I yeah I think the good sh- um, uh, way forward is uh, really the collaboration between material scientists and robotic scientists. And um, I, I sometimes uh, be amazed uh, by material scientists a lot that they have so much knowledge and know hows about making uh, uh, functional materials but they often don't know what kind of problems roboticists have Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the collaboration between roboticists and material scientists are really really uh, um, important uh, direction activities we need to have from here.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah Yeah, I agree with you. So I have uh, some questions from a few questions I think from the audience here. And why is this translation of soft robotics to industry is so challenging? Is it because of the manufacturing process or modeling of soft robots? And where do you think the breakthrough is missing?
1: Um, that's a very good question. I think uh, the, 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 um, the, the biggest problem is the, the lack of experiences and lack of track recourse of soft robotics uh, translating uh, application. Um, and uh um you know the 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 industrialization or commercialization of uh, whatever technologies is is always very challenging and uh, there's so many different problems everywhere um, so um you know are, if you have 100 projects there are 100 ways failing this knowledge transfer um, so, uh, I, I think we just need to do a lot more uh, different uh, t- trials and, and see which one survives, and I think this is the only way forward, um, and um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's what I can say.
0: Yeah, I also question about how we can close the gap between simulation and reality, and especially for soft robotics, and uh, they have uh, a lot of non-linearities, uh, and sometimes it's hard to replicate them in simulation. Do you think simulation is still uh, given the nature of software materials of robots is it still effective? Do you think from your experience or we have to develop something completely different from what we have from the tools of simulation?
1: So, um, the, if you want to simulate uh, soft, uh, systems, uh, it's, um, it's impossible right <laughs> in in theory uh, because the material if we talk about material level behaviors we just need to go down to you know the um, material level atom level molecule levels uh, and you cannot really go down uh, um, to to simulate everything from uh from a really really uh, microstructure to the 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 macrostructure macroscopic structure so um uh, it's uh, um, it's impossible, right? So I think. Uh, but having said that, I think it's um, you know, accept by accepting this is impossible. Then what we need to think about is what level of abstraction important for mm-hmm. uh, for simulating soft robots. And uh, um, I think uh, we we need uh, different approaches in this. And on one hand, we have uh, time varying modeling uh, approaches. Is one way forward. Uh, how we can make a uh, um, um, you know dynamically adjusting it's a level of abstraction um, and uh, um, that and, and, and otherwise you can also think about how to do the multi-scale uh, simulation from you know, microscopic and macroscopic uh, level, how we can put them together. And then this is uh, probably uh, the fundamental research questions uh, in, in, the, in the area of uh, simulation of soft robots.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. So we are closing to end, then we have three questions. Uh, the first one, how can we ensure uh, a diversity of approaches, get the exposures you deserve, and prevent an overinvestment limited set of techniques. So for example, uh, academic tends to establish a strong belief about other fields that come often at arrogance or elitism, and discouraging exploration of idea out of the mainstream. So how can we enable more inclusive, intellectually inclusive culture around competitive ideas in the field of soft robotics?
1: So, well, there are two types of researches. So one of them is uh, exploration research, and the other one is the colonizing research. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we we should uh, um, accept both approaches, and they should work to each other, right? So if you try to do something exploration, um, you should be open-minded. You should not be afraid of failures and so on. If you're doing colonizing research, uh, then you need to apply for a systematic you know, understanding of the whole thing and we need a uh, theoretical approach to you know, doing uh, yeah. uh, doing research. So I think uh, these two types of research have completely different ways of doing research, but we should respect to each other. I think that's the uh, uh, key to success.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious to ask you also, that's a question Minister, ask, what's your thought about the publish or publish culture? Do you think uh, it is affecting you or it's okay for you, this culture of publish? Uh, Um,
1: So publications uh, process is very, very important for every scientist, especially if you are interested in academic career or research career, Um, and uh, it's getting more and more um, critical to uh to publish things. Uh, and uh we, we all know that you know 20% of publications are never read by anyone, <laughs> uh, and so on. So there are lots of negative effects on, on this. But uh um there's no other way. So I think uh, we should really think of publication, we should think of uh um especially how to do uh, good publications um but you know it, it's uh, it's um you know the, the dynamical process and we just need to continue doing it uh and uh i, I don't think we can uh survive without publications
0: mm-hmm. but maybe the students can argue about that you mentioned indeed is important but you think about that's not many of them being read by uh, maybe researchers do you think that the quantity of the publication required is affecting a negative way for the research and how we can find solution for that, if we were looking for a good quality publication, not quantity.
1: Um, Well, we we probably need to, uh, I I think this is not the right uh, way to ask the question, whether quantity or quality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what's the need of publication is probably the right question to ask. So from my point of view, I think researchers write publications for three reasons, right? Uh, First of all, you write for yourself. Sometimes You know, even if this paper, you know that this paper is not going to be uh, read by anyone else in the world, but still you want to write it because you Mm -hmm. want to understand by writing paper. So that's one type of uh, publication. The second point is that you want to report your achievement to other people. So this kind of paper should be read by someone else, and that's also important. And and the third type of paper is is uh, is more about um, consolidating the uh, the entire field. So it's partially for yourself and partially for others. Um, You know, even if you don't have any particular technical um, uh, achievement, you can write a review paper uh, on uh, consolidating different ideas, and that's. that's already uh, very, very helpful. Uh, and people are sometimes, you know, criticizing any of the three types of uh, uh, publications. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's necessary. Uh, and uh, even yep. if some papers are not read by anyone else, I think uh, they, uh, they have important roles in the scientific activities. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not really against, uh, you know, writing uh, papers that are not read by uh, other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I agree with this point. Yeah. And if I ask you what are the most important quality you have gained while being in an academia and something you have to maintain as a quality.
1: Um, so, so the quality. Uh, um, the Necessary quality in the research um, process is actually the quality of your collaborators, I think, mm-hmm. uh, either your uh, supervisors or your. colleagues or your students uh it it, it, you know the the people you're working with should always be uh, high quality and you know if possible they should be better than you right (laughs) uh better than myself Uh, And, uh, and uh, I think that's the really, really, really important driving force uh, to be innovative and to be productive and to be excited. So I think uh, that's the, uh, and how, how we can work with the high quality people, how we can um, how I myself can be a high quality person, you know, yeah. just not, not for myself, but also for other people. Uh, and I think that's the, um, that's the important thing I learned.
0: Mm-hmm. And I asked you this question like, the previous time, but I want to ask you, do you think still ego is important for the researcher? Ego is important.
1: So, um, it's uh, the research is a really hard problem and you really need to uh, be critical about research for yourself uh, and also for others. Uh, and uh, if you don't have ego, uh, it's very difficult to, you know, um, survive in this challenging, uh, wow. job and challenging community. So, uh, I think, uh, I, 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 think I, 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 I it's necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. And what was the best advice I was giving to you as a person, a professional and was life changing?
1: Um, yeah, there are a couple of things I learned during my uh, my my academic career. Well, first of all, um, um, the think big is a big important uh, concept that we should you know we tend to think small uh, because especially if you have a lot of failures and so on. But uh, I think think big is always a very good advice, uh, and and uh, also. Um, the uh, the stamina like uh you know the research is about stamina rather than uh, intelligence and uh, you need to keep running until you achieve something and that's uh uh, that's another advice i got
0: that's wonderful yeah and finally do you have any final words would like to say for soft robotics community in the final words
1: Yes, um, yes, we are doing a really remarkable job in the area of soft robotics uh, research and development and it's keep growing Um, and uh, we got a lot of interest from media and industry partners, I think uh, uh, we we just uh, doing a remarkable job so we should keep pushing this direction, and I hope to work with you uh, over some point uh, in the future, uh, and let's uh, make changes.
0: Thanks a lot, Professor Femia. It was really enjoyable and informative as usual. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay,
1: thank you very much.